Hello, and welcome to the first edition of the Virtual Hymns 20 Podcasts for the Healthcare Solutions Project. I'm Don Siemens, and I'm here with two of the pros behind the grassroots movement that has been building over the past few days, Virtual Hymns 20, Dr. Ross Martin and Stacy Gable. Ross, Stacy, welcome to the program. Hello. Ross is a physician. Oh, you're, hey, <laughs> you've both gone above and beyond. I was on a treadmill this morning thinking about how Virtual Hymns 20 was going to work out next week and thought it would be great to get the people on this podcast to help tell the story of how Virtual Hymns 20 started coming about. And uh, there's a lot to say, and I'm really grateful that you guys were able to jump on a call on a Saturday and take some some time out of your busy schedules. Well, it sure beats my son's band practice that's currently happening in my house. So <laughs> I appreciate the Perfect. opportunity for some alone time with y'all. Fantastic. I guess I couldn't join the band practice, so <laughs> I have nothing else to do. Well, Stacy is the social marketing director for Studio North, which is an agency in the Chicago area, and she is very involved in healthcare marketing circles. Ross is a physician, a medical informaticist, and the president of 360 Degree Insights. He is focused on policies, strategies, and standards and interoperability for health information exchange. And I am so pleased to have you both on the program today. So just to reset what's been happening over the, the past few days, the Health Information Management System Society, known by the health industry as HIMSS, and I'm sure most of you know that, made the extremely difficult decision to cancel their annual conference due to the emerging threat posed by the coronavirus, COVID-19. That happened, that was announced on Thursday, March 5th. And on that very day, the three of us, along with a few others, started moving on parallel tracks to see if we could generate some interest in a virtual replacement of hymns. And maybe replacement's the wrong word, just a virtual uh, synthesis of what uh, hymns was about and see if we could create something online to help people recoup a little bit of the investment that they made in, in, in the hymns conference. So at the end of the day, yesterday, Friday, hymns announced that it would create a centralized spot for a virtual hymns conference, which was really what we wanted. Now, there's still a lot up in the air. There's a lot that we still don't know, including the dates. We're not exactly sure what the hymns plan is. So there's a lot up in the air, but there's a groundswell of support for doing something virtual and speakers and pundits and vendors are all getting on board. Ross, you were at the tip of the spear a bit when it comes to the hymns cancellation. You were an early aggregator for the sentiment around canceling the Orlando conference. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And, and again, thanks for having me on and, and thanks for just being part of this uh, emerging effort uh, that I think will, will it'll be interesting to see what we can look back and see how this uh, changed us in many ways. Yeah. Um, so on the, on March 4th, that Wednesday in the evening, I'd been thinking, you know, I'd been doing a lot of deep diving in the research and the um, in the stats and getting increasingly concerned about a couple of things that were happening with with hymns, um, both their you know and I'm I, I serve on the board of the Maryland Hymns chapter, which is one of the largest in the country. We have over two thousand members and we have a very um, active and busy board. Um, it takes up a, a good chunk of my volunteer time for them, uh, which I'm happy to do because it's a a really good group. Um, but I was increasingly concerned that hymns was 
not really talking about what they were doing. They didn't let us know who their experts were. They didn't really, uh, that, that, that was reviewing this with them to make determinations. And I knew that this was a, an incredibly difficult decision for leadership to consider, as it turns out, for the first time in 58 years, canceling the conference. Um, it's a multi, multi-million dollar effort. I think uh, somebody had posted that it comprises about 30% of their annual budget mm. in terms of revenues. Uh, it's, a, it's a huge chunk of, of what happens for them. And it's important for the industry. Now, there's a lot to say about how that it's too big and that it's too expensive and a lot of money is wasted and all these kinds of things. And everybody complains about that every year. But I know I've been going for the last 20 some years uh, because everybody goes there and I need to connect with my community. And it's it's an extremely important place because of the aggregation of all the all the voices and the and knowing what's happening and understood. So I was not keen on it canceling. But as I looked at the data and I as I was concerned, growing my, my concern about having 45,000 healthcare and healthcare adjacent people showing up in one place from all over the globe, predominantly United States, and then dispersing throughout the country and the world, um, knowing that the chances of somebody already being infected, coming to this space, spreading it around, going back to our homes, and 14 days later having, you know, essentially every healthcare system in the country having the same schedule of outbreak uh, just seemed very unwise. Uh, and, and, you know, we're not trying to stop this epidemic from happening. It is going to happen. It was all about flattening the curve and making sure that we bought ourselves enough time to mobilize sufficient resources to make this thing work. So right. uh, that night uh, on the 4th, I I sent out a, a tweet thread that had you know, 20 pieces, I think, something like that, mm. of a, a little bit of a treatise that said, look, we need to do this. I also talked a little bit about my concerns about the, um, the President Trump doing the keynote and some things I'd heard about that I was concerned about. But that was not really the thrust of it. It was, please, um, please consider canceling this and reconfiguring it to invite um, experts on how to address the specific crisis at hand uh, use it for that but but let it let this stop don't don't send 45,000 people to Orlando and you know I thought people would respond to it I needed to get it off my chest I needed to make make sure I was making this statement um, I had uh, shared it with the hymns board by email before my concerns mm -hmm. and I didn't think we wanted to make a statement as the board because it's not really the place of the board to tell national what to do right. but they were very supportive of the notions behind it mm. and they said yes go send it us on so social media and we'll certainly try to let let hims national know what the sentiments are happening what we're hearing in maryland is kind of how we we strategize with that so that's what i did and what i found was it was really interesting how quickly people jumped on this um i had actually taken twitter off my phone because i was tired of what it does to me when I look at it at night and <laughs> and I was doing this all on the web uh, app and uh, finally I had to put it back on my phone because my my it sort of blew up on me just lots of people responded to it and lots of people were resonant with it and I think because I'm an independent consultant I don't have to I wasn't exhibiting uh, there were a lot of people who probably were thinking these things but couldn't say them mm. and they were but they but they agreed because it is it's a huge 
decision to say, yes, all this money is going to be a lost sunk cost and I'll get a piece of it back maybe, but probably not. Mm -hmm. And I'll lose this opportunity and I'm not going to get it back. So it's really tough. But, but over that course, the other thing that was happening was increasingly the vendors were pulling out. And I made the observation that um, I really thought that the, the healthcare providers were going to pull out because the optics of going to this conference, even if the, even if the outbreak hasn't happened in your, in your area yet, if you're gone and you can just imagine that headline, something like, you know, Mayo Clinic leadership goes to right. a big boondoggle thing in, in, uh, in a while they're running out of masks, you know, that, yeah. that kind of, uh, story does not really sit well with anybody and that's exactly what happened all the a lot of the provider organizations were just dropping out and right. you can't really have a trade conference without customers you showing can't. up and so, you know and a lot of the vendors were starting to drop out yeah. big ones out here in salt lake city uh, the big healthcare provider is intermountain healthcare and they've put a travel ban yeah out there's there's no travel for for business yeah. for intermountain healthcare right now stacy what was your reaction when yeah. you heard that hymns 20 was canceled at that point, when it was um, decided, it wasn't a surprise. I think mm. um, there had been gaining momentum of um, vendors dropping. And, and that really is kind of my point of view in all of this. You know, my clients that I work with are, you know, health IT companies. And I want to say, when did Cisco drop out? Was that Tuesday when they I announced? It, I, they, were, they were one of the early ones. Yeah. It might yeah. Been, it might have been Wednesday morning. Okay. So at that point, um, you know, again, so Cisco um, was hearing about some other companies. My immediate thought was, you know, for all the work that had been done um, by marketers that I work with right. on, a, on a daily basis, my first thought, I mean, you know, you just, you, the, the crestfallen, like yeah. dread of this entire situation um, from, you know, people talking online and, and in person. Um, so, so anyway, so I, I feel that when, when Hims announced it, you know, I, I was already starting to think through, okay, if I'm a vendor, what am I going to do? Because mm. there, there's so much great stuff that people have created and have worked so hard to, to pull together. You know, it is not easy to, to uh, arrange for speakers to come to a booth and, no. you know, get all your messaging right and your, you know, uh, proposition. Your, I mean, all the the activities that go on um, to create a, a great trade show experience. So, so my thought was, how can people leverage everything that they have done, all the work that they've put in already. The content is stellar. You know, with marketing budgets being what, 40 to 50% sometimes mm -hmm. into trade shows, that's a huge investment for a company for a year. Um, and and it's not for naught. I mean, yes, there there is a piece of this that is tragic and terrible but there's still more that, that we could do. And so that was really my heart when I was thinking about this idea of virtual hymns was mm -hmm. how can we, I mean, you, you just know that there's a flood of uh, tweets coming, right. <laughs> you know, a flood of, of communication, digital communication coming to try to overcome this. How can we create something that's central um, to maybe help people discover what's going on. So that, that was my thought around um, virtual hymns was kind of from the vendor side, how to share content.
Well, I think you guys were a little bit more plugged in than I was because I was stunned when I heard the news. I was disappointed and like thousands of other people preparing for hymns, I had some goals in mind and I know having worked in the vendor space and having run a few hymns booths myself, there's a tremendous amount of time and preparation and money that goes into hymns. So having that background, I just wanted to see if we could start a groundswell of support around doing something virtual. So I started looking at the response. I followed the hashtag hymns 20 and just tried to see if there were organizations out there who wanted to do something virtual. And it ended up being that there were. And so I just, whenever anyone said, hey, let's, uh, hymns may be canceled, but We've got our virtual webinar here. We can meet virtually. I tagged him with the hashtag virtual hymns 20. And really, there's no way we're going to recoup all the dollars and the time, the effort. But a virtual effort will help us get our message out and help us to meet some of our goals. Agreed. And one thing that I think, too, I think everyone's going to learn a lot. Like a year from now, um, you know, one of the the things that I thought is, you know what? We should always have a plan B. Mm-hmm. We should always have mm-hmm. like, uh, as a marketer the, the phrase that's been in my head is like a marketing disaster recovery plan um, <laughs> and I think that that there's a lot that that we're going to do and learn and I think if a lot of people haven't yet embraced digital um, activities you know they're going to be trying a lot of things out and what we're going to end up doing virtually is stuff that can be done and should be part of any trade show experience, mm-hmm. in my opinion, to be able to leverage what is going on, you know, phys- you know, in, in person and extend that to those people who can't attend online or can't attend in person, but online. Sorry. Brilliant. That's, That's a right. brilliant idea. Well, Ross, uh, Thursday morning, we heard the news that Hymns 20 was canceled. Then Friday night, we heard the news that Hymns was going to be behind the virtual Hymns 20 movement. Take us through the roughly 30 hours between hearing that it was canceled and learning that that that, that Hymns was in fact going to be leading this effort. What what were you up to? You you were you were doing a lot behind the scenes. Yeah. So I was, I was for one thing. I'm consulting with my former employer, CRISP, which is the health information exchange for Maryland and DC and West Virginia, the the technical undergirdings of the West Virginia uh, uh, health information network. Um, And so I was consulting with, I was helping them think about how do we do this? Because increasingly I was encouraging them to think about not going even, you know, before it was canceled. Then the announcement came and that triggered a kind of next phase, um, which was, I sent out another kind of tweet stream that said a thread that said okay we've got a lot of stuff freed up um hymns has not hymns had hinted that they were going to do something but they hadn't said what and they said stay tuned so i wanted to continue the thought of you know virtual hymns and used some hashtags of v hymns and virtual hymns 20 um registered those with simpler which was somebody's recommendation i'd forgotten about that uh that little uh, option and uh just started being able to, you know, try to aggregate that. And I, I saw that you were doing the same thing with, mm-hmm. you know, tr- using the hashtag to get people to find out who's interested and just say, look, let's have, let's plan to get together at two o'clock on, on Monday on a call and figure out where we're going to go two o'clock Eastern. And then I had a little, um, I was thinking on Friday, well, let's, cause a lot of people responded. I was getting lots of emails and lots of uh, messages, direct messages on Twitter 
saying, yeah, let's join in. I, so I posted this on LinkedIn and Twitter and mm -hmm. got, you know, responses from both. And it was really interesting too, to hear the feedback of people saying, you know, this was, this really helped us because we, we were looking at it just sort of shell-shocked and not, you know, not even thinking about what, how can we turn this into something more? Um, and when you think about it, this is going to be our lives for potentially a year out from now and, and possibly longer of minimizing in-present, you know, in-person in meetings, in you know, large crowds get joining together. Uh, this is not, this is not going away anytime soon. And so there are these tools like virtual reality tools and other things that have been around for a long time, but people, you know, it's, it's, it's a little weird and it's different and it's not, it's not the same as, you know, in Wyoming, you got to look somebody in the eye and you got to shake their hand in order to make a deal. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to be able to do that for a while. And it's just a reality of how we're going to have to behave at, at all levels. But, but work has to go on. And, and the work that Kim's does to, to aggregate the folks who are thinking about getting data to move, this is so mission critical, even more than before, because we, we, we don't have time to wait for stuff to show up. We don't have time for a lot of this. We need excellent data. We need situational awareness in a way that we've never needed it before. Because our system is going to get overwhelmed. If you look at the timelines of how little time we have before all of America looks a whole lot like uh, uh, inland China, China. It, is, it is weeks. We have weeks before things really hit the fan. So we need to be able to virtually do a lot of the things that we've been doing in person and flying all over the place. And uh, so it's going to be a catalyst in some ways uh, as we get through this. And it's, and, and so, um, yeah, the, oh, since that time we had a call on, well, it was yesterday on, mm -hmm. uh, in the afternoon, on Friday afternoon. Right. And there were about, uh, I think eight of us, uh, from the 40 or so who signed up, mm -hmm. uh, to, to be a part of it. I, I gave him a very last minute, Hey, anybody can get on the call. Let's just jump on and just start talking about what could we do. Mm -hmm. And Stacy and you were on and, and some others. And so we had a, a chance to, and I put together a Google Drive doc and, and a list of folks and just tried to say, okay, let's, uh, uh, let me get out of the way of this. I'm, I'm not trying to, I don't want to own this. I don't, I'm not trying to launch something. I want to, I want to catalyze it and I want to facilitate it's happening and let, and get out of the way of it. Um, and so I, I know that, um, for one thing, lots of folks were thinking about that. There were many other spontaneous things that go, were going on. So Right now, mostly what I'm trying to do are kind of two things. I am most personally interested in working on the imminent crisis part, but I'm very sensitive to wanting all the folks who are working on the, the ecosystem as a whole to be able to do what they need to do. So being able to have a calendar of events, for example, whether it's part of virtual hymns or, um, you know, the, the official virtual hymns or okay. the uh, virtual health conference that one of the vendors volunteered to put up and have a have a place to uh host things or chuck um uh chuck webster's uh he's somebody who's been involved in workflow and virtual reality conferences for a while he did virtual hymns uh he was planning on setting up four hours a day for three days at hymns for people to put on oculus um vr headsets mm. and experience a conference in a in that space it's so, so cool. All those things. Yeah, yeah all those cool. things. Actually, I actually ordered one on Amazon. It's going to be here uh, tomorrow. 
and I'm going <laughs> to play around with it and, uh, you know, learn a little bit about that world that I haven't really ventured into since, you know, I've, I've seen it before and I've gotten a headset <laughs> on my head before. So Maybe it'll finally take off. <laughs> I think, I think it, I think there's a real opportunity for that because one, the technology really is advancing. Um, we're getting closer and closer to something that feels like uh, a real experience. And, and even if it's not a real experience as, as real as being, it is so, it is, it's the next best thing or it will, it will soon be if it's, you know, once people jump onto it and get comfortable with it, I think we'll see this a whole lot more. And when you think about the efficiencies of it, but from a from a, a just time to market kind of perspective, mm -hmm. being able to do these things virtually, well, just like we are right now. You, wait, Don, you you called us up, or you you did with us? What for? I wanted to do this podcast. Boom, here we are. Yeah, right. That couldn't have happened if we had to get in planes and nope. and show up someplace in the same place. I don't even know where you guys live. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And you know, here's another thing that I've been thinking about too, just, just off of that example is, you know, the idea of taking risks and jumping in and not knowing, like, I guess that's kind of my personality. I, I, um, I love that sort of thing, but you know, there were people saying, gosh, somebody should spin up a, a directory or something. So I'm like, okay, well, let's do that. Let's, let's right, get yeah. the Google doc going and, and everybody just, you know, start dropping your stuff in. Um, yeah. So I, I just think that now is the time. I mean, there's time for thought. You got to be careful and strategic and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm grateful to be part of a group that that just kind of jumped in and is trying to get something going. Absolutely. Well, one of the wild cards with getting this going was hymns, right? Because there was very mm -hmm. little coming out of them about doing anything virtual. And uh, there's there's been some talk on the Twitterverse about being careful about doing anything virtual that uses the hymns name. Right. You know, thankfully hymns has decided to get behind it and, and really take the lead and which is really what we were hoping they would do. Exactly. And I know for me, um, I was able to have some direct message conversations with some of the social media uh, peeps over there mm -hmm. and um, you know, just made them fully aware of, of this, you know, this effort. Mm -hmm. Um, so they are aware of everything that, that, um, that at least we've been talking about. Um, and they were really open to ideas. Um, they, you know, they want to do what's right, um, for, for people and, and not hinder things. I know they also want to make sure that, that it's done well. And, mm. and, um, so anyway, all the respect to the hymns organization and everything that they've been through. Um, and you know, there's no reason why our, whatever, you know, people are doing can't feed into, um, into what they're putting together. So, so anyhow, right. I, I'm so glad openness and that communication. Yeah. I, I want to second that too, because I, I know, I, I also want to be sensitive to the hymns brand. I mean, they've, They've worked very hard over the last almost 60 years to, uh, well, their brand has evolved over time, but, but you know, to, to hone that brand that they mm -hmm. are recognized as this uh, central uh, shake, mover and shaker about getting these, getting our community together. And, uh, and, and also, you know, I, thinking about how, can you imagine what those leaders, leaders, how they felt in that moment when they said, we have to push the button and, and oh. kill this, this thing that is our lifeblood. 
and and all the millions of dollars that went into that on both on all ends and all just all the disruption that that caused having to go we have to do this it, it is it is it could even kill us but we have to do it anyway yeah. and and that was the kind of leadership i was hoping to see from them it and it i can understand why it would take a long time i'm sure they were getting a lot of pressure from the white house you know uh, trump was going to do the keynote uh speaking and and uh did not want anything to look like anything's disrupted and also there were other conferences coming up this next week like south by southwest and the comic-con in, in washington mm -hmm. and i'm so glad that hymns acted first because it would have looked pretty bad if the entertainment industry clued into you know the importance of canceling before the healthcare mm -hmm. industry did right. and or the comic-con people you know um that 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 him said yep we got it we've got we've got to pull the plug on this and go um I, so i want to i want to you know honor them and say thank you um <laughs> let's not step on their toes i i think you know really all we're doing is we're, we're having a hashtag that includes their name and, right and so worried about that uh and it's just for this next week really we're not we we, we want to provide a little bit of gap and hand over the hey here are all the people who are interested so mm -hmm. you know go for it now they don't need our help really marketing it because they know everybody in the hymns world they they know who we are and how to find us but i think you know they were not uh one of the you know you look at the the complexity of putting on a conference like this and they do it with it's impressive how well hymns is run right yeah. every year <laughs> you Definitely. you get thousands and thousands of people who show up in one place the buses run on time the the conference you know there's there's just tons of stuff happening all at once and they make it look like it's just another day you know and and that's impressive but they weren't ready to flip it on a dime and and so having uh you know they needed to catch their breath and they had to make your you're right stacy about the contingency part of this of being ready you know, thinking about the disaster plan, not just about the contracting of it, but what do you do now? Mm -hmm. Can you anticipate that this is going to happen? Well, I, I read the the great epidemic um, about the 1918 uh, pandemic flu mm -hmm. and how, you know, I've been I've been thinking about this for a long time. I read that book, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago, probably. And it was it was really um, sobering to think we are even though with all the advances of medicine, we are still very vulnerable to what is happening now. This is just this, this was predictable. This is we knew that this was something that uh, can happen to humans will happen again. And, um, you know, what we do have that we didn't have then was were ventilators and, and supportive care, but it's really just supportive care. And as soon as we overwhelm those supplies and those resources, that, that expertise, we're going to that's not going to help us much either. So we've got um, I think one of the differences just from a clinical perspective, uh, we're, we're seeing that one of the things that the 1918 flu did was it really attacked young people and healthy people more than the fringe people. Mm. And that's, it seems counterintuitive, but right. be, because what was happening was your body was overreacting to this infection and that you drown in your own, uh, system you know your immune system was just going on overdrive and you end up going into respiratory failure because you you know your your lungs basically fell apart and, and it would happen incredibly quickly it was just 
it was devastating. People would be on the trolley at, and get on the trolley in town. And by the time they were at the other end, they were in a coma and then they would die. Mm. And, and it would happen just incredibly quickly. And this is not like that. We're, we're seeing that it's more, you know, kids don't seem to be as vulnerable to it, but the older adults, the mortality rates, at least some of the early indicators from Wuhan just came out yesterday, show that, you know, over 60, about 4% mortality rate. Hmm, and then when you get so up to bright. over 80, it's about 18%. And that's wow. only in the first couple of months. You know, those people aren't all recovered yet. And so hmm. you could see mortality rates in the in those for chronically ill and elderly, you know, that are very, very high. Hmm. And our system will not be able to handle the this. It's just it's just inevitable. It's it's like we've, you know, you've seen that the big rock has been pushed and it's and it all pile up against it and slow it from rolling out of control, but only for a while. And then we got to get out of the way and it's gonna have to, it's just gonna have to roll. It's gonna it's gonna happen that way. So right now it's all about mitigation, buying our time, getting ready and and society and socially preparing ourselves for the things that the health system just can't do. That's sobering. That's a it's a very sobering thought. And you know, I, I wasn't super on board with this, but you've convinced me, Ross. I'm right behind you. <laughs> yeah. I, especially since my dad my dad's in his eighties. Right. You know, I, I, wanna... I want this to, I would love to be turned out to be a fool about all this. It, it's just I mean this is knowable. This yeah. is, you can do the math and, and look at the trajectories and it's just, it, it could play out a few ways, but you know, viruses are very tricky things and you know, they're more, the, it, you know, hopefully one of the things that could happen is, is some of the mutations could tr be um, less deadly and, and maybe a, f a faster transition and less deadly which would help a lot because we also don't know about reinfection rates. We don't mm. know how easy it's going to be for somebody to get another coronavirus like this one. True. Um, but different enough that they get, they get sick again. Yeah. There's a lot we don't know. Stacy, I wanted to ask you, you you've mm -hmm. worked with a few vendors who are planning on hymns or were planning on hymns. Share with us the perspective of the vendors that you've been working with about what, what their wow. reaction was and what, uh, what their, what their plans are. Right. You know, I, I think like a lot of a lot of us, you know, they were waiting to see what was going to unfold um, and what the decisions were going to be. I, I The organizations that I've seen first and foremost have been most concerned about their people and not mm -hmm. wanting to put their yeah. people in harm's way. And yeah. so, um, you know, the the non-essential travel um, uh uh, bands. And I, I think, you know, there were probably, <laughs> there were probably like five tracks happening all at once, you know, of, of just, you know, decisions to be made. And, and like, how do you, how do you navigate and get the right people like making those decisions and communication? So, you know, like, like this all, I mean, communication is, is super, super key. Um, but I know that they had their eye on, um, you know, firms in the space and what were some of the decisions that they were making? They were thinking through, um, you know, the, again, all the efforts that, that they had put in, we repurpose it. How can, you know, one of one a big objective is 
meeting with people, meeting with customers one-on-one and getting to spend time with them and, you know, deepen the relationship and, and talk through, you know, hey, what have you got coming in the next year? And so there's a big effort underway of um, keep trying to keep those meetings and, and schedule virtual meetings. Um, cool. And I hope um, that they do it by video because I think video uh, is is so important. Like, you know, you talk about being isolated. Mm. Um, I, I think that face-to-face communication and that humanity is so, so important. Um, I've also seen, um, I mean, like, oh my goodness, I saw pictures of like booths half set up. Mm. Oh, they were beautiful. Mm. You know, like, oh, God, I mean, like, there's an element to this where, you know, you're, you've got to move, you got to move fast, you got to make decisions, you know, be scrappy. But then there's also the, the loss. I mean, this is this is hit, I think, everybody in the gut. Yep. Um, and yeah. And, and so anyhow, so it, it's taken time and it's taken, you know, escalating through to executive committees and <clears throat> making legal decisions. You know, what are the legal impacts, the financial impacts, mm-hmm. uh, sales impacts? So um, one of the things that I've been thinking about is just and I've seen is, you know, what is that team that core team that you need to pull together um, to make these decisions quickly, to communicate effectively and make something happen. Um, so, so anyhow, my hats off to, to all the, the companies um, and the hard decisions that they've had to make um, as well as the, I mean, think of all the impact too of, again, you know, thinking through all the exhibit companies who were setting everything mm-hmm. up and now have to tear everything down and and the the loss of income for them and, and for the service workers and the hotels and, and the airfare. Right. And, you know, I mean, this this is going to be a um, it's going to be really, really tough. Be so we you know, we need leaders who are going to help galvanize some things and, and and, you know, provide hope. Um, that we can do things differently and keep moving. Um, but it, it's definitely going to be a different year. Mm. All right. So final question for both of you. What do you hope to see from Virtual Hymns 20 next week? Let's start with you, Ross. Well, I, you know, I started the my plea to hymns about reconfiguring to focus on getting the experts that are you know, the thousands of experts that are aggregating to get them focused on what do we need to have happen quickly? You know, almost like a D-Day sort of sort of thing that you, you think about what we accomplished in World War II to, you know, on both sides to to do this horrible thing we had to do. Right. Um, and so much got invented, so many, so much effort went into it. Um, we're kind of facing a different type of crisis that is just as real, um, where the enemy is, uh, is very, you know, we can't put a face on it. And so I, you know, my interest, my primary interest was in the, in the mo- mobilizing that. And so there are a couple mm-hmm. of things going on, like there's um, this Coepi project where they're trying to create in rapid, rapid form, a, uh, an app that consumers can use to um, to uh, be have situational awareness of what they've been exposed to around them. And so you, the idea is that if everybody's got this and it's got, they've really focused initially on the security part of it where very little information gets transmitted, but you just sort of have this, think about a blockchain going, 
um, yes, you have you have been exposed to these sorts of people, and and if they get a positive uh, uh, test, they're going to inform you that you had a a near contact, mm. and just to give people better information about what's happened around them as this thing becomes a community spread uh, uh, affair. So that was one project that is is kind of ramping up right now. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to say, yeah, let's let's figure out how to mobilize it. And, and not everybody going to him is our developers, but some of them are marketers. And some and some of this is about getting getting uh, awareness out there, beta testers and all sorts of things. So I just you know wanted to kind of mobilize that. And then that second one was really about, hey, uh, these are companies that are investing huge amounts in being there and doing mm -hmm. their work. They like Stacy was saying about all the people, all, all the the tertiary and quaternary, you know, impacts of of this meeting not happening. How do we try to make that as whole as possible? I want to support that too. So, uh, but my, my personal, you know, where I'm going to be spending most of my energies is on the former. Well, that sounds like <laughs> great work. What about you, Stacy? You know, for me. Um a bunch of things <laughs> and and for me i i think the people side of things and the mm -hmm. connecting yeah. i hope that um that relationships you know twitter relationships or linkedin relationships can can start forming and i hope that um people can be open um to you know to meeting other people online. I mean, that's kind of a weird thing um, and maybe different for people, but I hope that there are a ton of new Twitter accounts started and, you know, getting yeah. looped into mm -hmm. uh, do this virtual hymns, whatever, 20 hashtag. Um, so, so yeah, number one, people connections can still happen online because someday you get to meet face to face, whether it be video in real life. Right. And like, I mean, gosh, Don, how long have we we've known each other six, seven years yeah, and it's because right. of hymns and then, you know, getting to meet some of the social media folks and, and marketing folks. <clears throat> so I hope that there can be the start of a lot of relationships. Here's the second thing. I hope that collectively we can all remember our why, why is it yes. that we do what we do and why is it so important? I mean, Ross, just listening to you and the potential innovation and the, the you know, everything that, that we need to do and need to move quickly. These are the people who can make that happen. And so let's work together to innovate. Um, right. Let's work together to, to work toward, you know, better health for all. Um, and so I, I hope that um, people can really get grounded and take some time um, to get grounded in, in their why. Why why is what you do so important and so connected um, really to mankind and to humanity? True enough. Amen. Well, Preach as, sister. <laughs> that's right. Preach. As for me, I'm hoping we can see vendors and attendees meeting and tweeting and networking and webinaring next week. And I want to use my podcast to help some of the participants share their message. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how it all shakes out. Ross, Stacy, thank you for taking the time to do this on a busy weekend. Stacy, what's the best way to reach you, well, thank you. over the next few days? Uh, best way to reach me, um, I would say it was probably uh, through Twitter. Mm -hmm. So at Stacy Gable, S-T-A-C-Y-G-O-E-B-E-L. Um on Twitter and then, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, those are probably the two best places. Um, yeah. To, to connect virtually. 
Yes, it's same with me as uh, Twitter is a good place. Uh, Ross Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, uh, is threatened to kill me because he's another Ross Martin who didn't get Ross Martin <laughs> back years ago. He, he and somebody tried to buy it from me too. Two different people, have, wow. two different Ross Martins have tried to take over my a valuable Twitter account or, valuable or ask. Twitter account, yeah. And I'll but, be watching you uh, on Twitter, both of you, and um, looking forward to seeing what happens next week. And if anyone is interested in sharing solutions for improving cost, quality, and satisfaction during Virtual Hymns 20, reach out to me at Don Siemens on Twitter, and we'll see you about getting you on the podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to everyone. 